Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year, and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another podcast. I'm Maria Geffers from Career and College Counselors. And I am Tom Geffers. And today, uh, we're very happy to have with us the uh, head coach of the uh, men's golf team from the University of Georgia. And we have so many questions to ask him and uh, we're just so so happy to have him with us. Absolutely, thank you so much. And what we're gonna uh, kind of, we always have an essential question, uh, Chris. So what we do is we always start off with a, uh, like a main question. So we're gonna be asking you questions about playing in a division one team, okay? And uh, so we also ask, a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got to be head coach. Okay. All right. You want me to start there? Absolutely. All right. Well, um, so I spent uh, 16 years with the American Junior Golf Association, which uh, was putting on golf tournaments for juniors all over the country, Um, had guys uh, that played the PGA Tour, Phil Mickelson was our player of the year three times in a row. We had Tiger Woods, we, uh, Scott Verplank, you know, just a plethora of the best players uh, playing. So I did that for 16 years. And in 1990, we created an event called the Cannon Cup. And it was taking the, the 10 best boys and girls from the East against the 10 best boys and girls from the West. I captained the West team, Stephen Hamblin, who was the executive director at the time, he, he captained the East team and turned out to be an incredibly fun thing. I had Tiger on four of my national junior teams um, since he was from California. Uh-huh. And, um, but, but being in that atmosphere, being in a team atmosphere, really kind of piqued my interest so that when Dick Copas, the longtime uh, coach uh, from Georgia, retired, I had, you know, quite a few players that had come to Georgia that had played in the AJGA who were all very uh, interested in to see if I would be interested in coaching. And I really wasn't sure, but that Cannon Cup experience kind of made me realize that, yeah, I was interested in that. So I was very fortunate. I came in 1995 and interviewed with the great Vince Dooley and was fortunate enough that uh, he took a chance on me and, and, and hired me as coach. So here I am 26 years later, and <laughs> they haven't gotten rid of me yet. I guess, I guess, it, I guess it worked out well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's great. Um, we wanted to, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are your main responsibilities as, as head coach? Well, I'm, I'm basically in charge of 
you know, budgeting, recruiting, everything that has to do with the golf team, the, the golf facilities, the golf clubhouse, anything that pertains to the golf team, you know, I'm kind of over it. And, and uh, you know, we get down the road, we do all the recruiting. We, uh, the one thing I don't have to do is I don't have to deal with the admissions process. You know, once we, once we recruit a young man to, to come into the program, uh, the, the admissions side is, is handed off to somebody else in our athletic department. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but once they come in, then they're kind of my full responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then we internally, as they come to school, you know, we have a weight and conditioning coach, we have a nutrition coach, we have a sports psychologist and so on. But the, the actual golf on the golf course, coaching uh, falls on me and my assistant coach, Jim Douglas. Mm -hmm. So how, how many uh, kids are actually on the team? We carry, we try to carry 10. Um, you know, we, we normally stick to 10 pretty, pretty closely. A lot of it's due to Title IX. Mm -hmm. um, but every once in a while, you'll have a situation where maybe a kid redshirted, you, you mm -hmm. weren't expecting him to redshirt, and you have to recruit three or four years out. So you all of a sudden might end up with uh, an 11th guy or a 12th guy. Mm -hmm. And COVID really threw that into a whack because all of a sudden, all those guys got an extra year. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there, I think, with 14 players on a roster, which is a lot. Because mm -hmm. when you're trying to make tea times for everybody and, and figuring out practice and so forth, dealing with 14 is a lot harder than dealing with 10. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously in the South, uh, you can play golf, you know, all year round, which uh, it makes us very jealous up here in, in, in Pennsylvania. But how, how many, uh, what is the official season for the, for the golf team? Is it spring, fall, all year round? The, well, what is considered the official season is spring, but everybody plays golf year round. Right. So, so in the NCAA, we the NCAA breaks golf down into two seasons. So we do two segments, a fall segment and a spring segment, but not to exceed 144 days. So generally we try to play 70 to 72 days in the fall, 70 to 72 in the in the spring. Right. So um, with only 10 players, I mean, the, the competition must be uh, so great for the kids to get into that program. And how do you how do you actually find them? I mean, you know, we've been involved in, in football up here in the Northeast uh, High School College, and you know the kids uh, have tapes and they have games where they have coaches come and watch them. How do you identify, you know, the best golfers around the country? <laughs> well, what 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 we do is we watch a lot of the junior rankings. Um, yeah. You know, we what we primarily try to do is focus in on the the best kids in Georgia first, and then kind of go into the region and then go nationally if we need to. Uh, and every once in a while, we'll sprinkle in an international kid. Um, but we're very fortunate in that, that we've got a, a pretty good reputation. So we're able to, to kind of stay in the Southeast for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting, you know, when, when you start comparing golf to say football or basketball and those type of things, um, you know, the NCAA is broken into two different categories, headcount sports, which means if you're offered a scholarship, it's a full, it's a full ride. That's tuition, fees, books, mm -hmm. food, living, 
it's a full deal. Right. If you're an equivalency sport, which is what we are, that means we get four and a half scholarships and we can break them up among the, the 10 guys on the team, however we want. Right. So in essence, what we kind of have is a salary cap. So I've got to really manage the salary cap in that I got to know who's leaving and what scholarship they're on and how does that affect the guys coming in? And, you know, so it's always a kind of an ebb and flow of, of really having to watch what kind of get, kid you're getting. So when it comes to recruiting, you know, if we can get an in-state kid who qualifies for academic assistance, mm -hmm. the academic scholarship that he gets in state doesn't count against my four and a half. Got so it. in essence, I could have a kid in, in the state of Georgia, they call it the hope scholarship. Right. Uh, the hope pays for, you know, if you're a three O, I think it's, if you're a three O graduating high school student, you can get 90% of your in-state tuition paid. If you're a Zell Miller, which is a 3.75 graduating senior, you get all your tuition paid. Right. which, you know, in some cases that could equate to anywhere from 25 to 35%. So mm -hmm. immediately a guy like that jumps up on our list if he's really good mm -hmm. because he actually brings a lot more to the table in terms of maybe helping us free up some other scholarship for a kid okay. who doesn't have the wherewithal and maybe it's from out of state where he can't really get that. So, mm -hmm. right. Well, you know, it's such an individual sport and, you know, um, up here, you know, I play golf occasionally up here when, when we can. And, you know, you're on the golf course and, and during the spring season, you see these high school kids come out, you know, on their team and, you know, they're carrying their own little bag, the, the few clubs that they, you know, that they right. carry. And, 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 you know, they go off on their own, one kid here, one kid there. And it's a, such an a individual sport. How do you keep like that uh, in, in a team situation? In other words, have the same the team moving in the same direction when it's such a, you know, in your head sport, mm -hmm. if you get my question. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, and I'm, I'm probably a little different than most in the way I do some things because I, I recognize it very clearly that you've got 10 individuals who right. need to do individualistic things, but you're trying to make it a team atmosphere. So... I really focus on the team atmosphere in the clubhouse. When we're in the clubhouse, when we're in the locker room, we're, when we're together, we're very close-knit as a team. Once a week, we will do like a short game practice where everybody's got to work on the short game stuff. Mm -hmm. right. But other than that, we pretty much, uh, we let guys work on whatever they want to work on. If the guy says, my wedge game needs some work. Well, that's what you need to work on. Or if a guy says, I need to, you know, try a different driver. Well, then that's fine. We'll let him do that. What I don't want to have happen is a kid come to me and say, hey, you know, I've been playing bad because you've been making me do this. Mm -hmm. I should be doing this. Well, you know what? You're not going to blame me because all <laughs> I really care about is what you're doing on that golf course. Right. Right. So, so we compete a lot. We play a lot. Um, and because of that, um, we kind of give these guys a lot of free reign to work on their games and, and prepare, you know, prepare not only for themselves today in college, but we also tell them we want them to figure out what works for them. So if they do try to turn pro and go to the professional ranks, they kind of know what works. 
because right. I'm not going to be with them at the next level. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to be able to figure that out on their own. Right. So the better the the better that they can figure that out now, the the better they'll be. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. and you've had I'm sure you've had quite a few uh, go pro, and uh, you know the uh, the Masters is in your backyard, obviously. Oh yeah. And uh, do several or many of your players go there to play as an amateur? Yeah, we take the team over there uh, once a year. Um, we've got some alums that are over there and we'll take those guys over so everybody gets a chance to go and play it once a year and of course Bubba Watson played here and he's won it twice mm-hmm. um, we've had I think as many as six oh, there's a picture on the wall yeah as many as six guys <laughs> that played in the Masters in one year um, wow. and, and so yeah so we we've been very fortunate we've got 11 guys out on the PGA Tour right now yeah and uh, one of them just won a couple weeks ago out in Palm Springs. And that, that kind of put all the guys that have played for me, put them over $200 million in, in tour earnings. So very proud of that group of guys. Absolutely. Wow. And do they share any of that with you? I'm only teasing. <laughs> Unfortunately not. You know, only teasing. There was where I made my mistake. <laughs> yeah. The... the uh... No, I just I just lost my question. Oh, sorry you, about you that. Interrupt me with your with your joke there. But, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> the, That's uh, not the first time. Yeah, the the um, it's coming up on March, obviously in the next week. When do kids start? Um, well, when do you speak to kids? Is there, is there a certain time of year in March? If I'm a junior now, would you would I be speaking to you if I want to want to go to your school, or would you find me in March of, of my junior year? What's the timing on that? Well, it's, it's different for everybody, and a lot of it depends on your needs. So, for instance, right now, I've got two kids that I'm signing uh, that are coming in next year, and I'm only losing two. So I'm not even recruiting 23s at this point because I don't even know what I'm going to need. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm just of the philosophy. I'm not going to – I don't want to constantly be calling a kid, calling a kid, calling a kid until I know that I can actually offer him mm-hmm. a chance to be on this team. Because what, what, what you find out real quick is that the scholarship is great. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. But when you're only dealing with 10 spots, mm. spots become very, very valuable. Sure. And so now with the transfer portal, you just, you have no idea what's going to happen. And so you really are, I'm starting to realize we've got to be a little bit more guarded, maybe not take a chance with a guy who, you know, could potentially develop. We, we need, we need more guys who are ready to go mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat. And we're, we're, we're pretty close to that right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a junior up here in Pennsylvania and, uh, I'll, you know, I'm on the golf team, I, I, I'm doing very well. I'm par or one over par consistently. And I think I'm good enough. Uh, am I good enough or is that just kind of average across the country? You know, kids think they're great until they're in competition, you know, bad, good competition. Is that, is that something that is realistic for, for somebody who's a junior senior up here in the North to, to go down South and play if they're that, that good of a player? Well, again, it's all, it's all relative because what happens is, you know, and I get resumes every day. I get, I get emailed probably 10 resumes a day from kids from all over the world. Right. And inevitably, you know, this kid's a one handicap and this kid's a scratch and this kid's a two. Right. And you don't really know what that means. You know, you right. don't know 
you know, is that in competition? Is that just out with your buddies playing? So right. really and truly those type of things, they're, they're a little bit of a guideline, but what you really want to see is tournament results. That's what I want to see is when you've played in the state junior, you played in the state amateur, if you played, you know, on a, one of these uh, junior tours, or are you qualified for the U.S. junior or something like that? Right. Then you get a chance to see really what their scope of, of talent is. And, and that's when you'll, that's when we head out and go watch a kid. Cause we might see on paper, man, this kid looks really good. And then mm-hmm. we'll see he's played. Okay. He played pretty good in a, in a, in a pretty big tournament, but let's go watch him. And then we, then you go and then you kind of, you check out his fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You check out his demeanor on the golf course, see how big he is, what kind of size he is. And one of the things I like to look at when I'm recruiting is with the carry bags, you know, they put their bag down and the legs span out. Right. The guys who have big dents in their legs because they get angry, I don't, I'm not very interested in those guys. Yeah. So I look for the dents in the legs. <laughs> well, that's, that's a tip out there, people. Get a new bag. If they're gonna look yeah, don't, don't be showing up with a bad attitude. Because, you know, because, you know, and, and I'm serious about this, Yeah, is I watch, you know, all these kids are pretty good. Okay, the ones that we're watching, they're all pretty good. So you have to look at what the intangibles are mm-hmm. and that what, and what kind of an attitude do they have? How do they treat other people? And something I've always said, I watch kids. I really want to see a kid when he doesn't play well. Mm-hmm. That's, what it really, that's what's going to show me his true character. Mm-hmm. And if that kid comes off the golf course and his mom and dad have been watching 18 holes and they say something to the nature of, hey, you know what, we'll get them tomorrow, and they're good cheerleaders, and they rip at their parents. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think to myself, what's he going to do with me if right. he can talk to his parents like that? Right. Right. That's, right. A big, that's a big turnoff for me, too. So we, I really do. I watch a lot of those type of uh, deals. How do they interact with the other kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Because right. you don't want to bring a guy into your program who is not going to fit in and alienate everybody. You want guys who are going to fit in. Right. right. Uh, you had talked about uh, Title IX. Um, could you, uh, you know, we have a lot of parents who might not know about Title IX. Could you give us a brief, very brief uh, synopsis of what Title IX is? Very brief. I'll get, well, I only know the brief version because I don't know much <laughs> about it. Other than it basically means that um, it's a federal law that depending on how many opportunities that you have for men, you're supposed to have the same equal opportunities for women. Okay. I think there's like three prongs to it. You can have that, or you can have, if your school, let's just say your school is predominantly 60% men and 40% women, then it can be 60, 40. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. generally it, I know everybody tries to make it 50, 50 and where, and where you have trouble is football has such big numbers yeah that you've got to, you know, that's why you've seen the elimination of a lot of men's sports. Yeah. You've got to try to right. capture the other women's sports to make right. up for the football numbers. So it, it becomes, again, it becomes a little bit of a ballywick for you um, to, to have to navigate. Sure. Um, At the University of uh, Georgia, do you, a lot of times when uh, students come in college the first time and they're playing a sport, uh, the time management can be a real problem. Uh, you know, kids forget to study, you know, one of those things or, or do what they Never. need to do. <laughs> yeah. 
is do you all offer that support as a golf team? Let me tell you, the biggest issue that we deal with when they come in as freshmen is time management right. because that's that's the first time they're away from home. Right. Um, I don't now again, this is I'm just talking for my program, so I'm just giving you my right. overview. I don't let them join a fraternity. And I was a fraternity guy, I love fraternities, but I tell them all at the end of a year, if your golf is so good and your grades are excellent and you've got all kinds of free time on your hands, we will discuss joining a fraternity. Mm -hmm. Never once have I had a guy come back to me and say, I got so much time on my hands coach because these guys at a, at a division one program mm -hmm. like ours, I mean, they work out, they practice, practice, play, mm -hmm go to study hall, meet with tutors, meet with mentors. I mean, yeah. they're, they're very busy. And that's one of the biggest things we try to teach them early on. And, and so we assign every freshman a mentor mm -hmm. and not, not, not somebody within the golf program, somebody on campus. And they help them navigate, you know, their time management issues because they, yeah. I think they get, they get overwhelmed mm -hmm. in athletics a little bit because they're not like, you know, like my son went to the, to the University of Georgia, but he wasn't on the golf team. He was in the fraternity. His, total, his schedule is totally different what all my guys did. Right. And so they, so they have to really learn. If they, if they really want to make golf a potential living, it's, it's like a job. It's something that they have to manage. Mm -hmm. right. And I think that's important that the parents know that when they, when they give you their kids, that there is some kind of support there. I think that's important because sometimes sending them into a larger institution, they get lost. But by being okay. anchored to a coach, to a team, it really kind of balances them and they tend to be able to navigate a lot better the first year. Right. No doubt. And we're very fortunate. And I think most of your big schools are fortunate to have this. But I have one guy in the athletic department under academics who who helps them with their schedule, helps them with setting up tutors. Anything that comes to academics, I send them right to him. And mm -hmm. he's on top of them. I get, I might get a weekly report on here's what they have coming up. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. here's their study hall schedule. So mm -hmm. we stay on them pretty hard because we know how important it is that they stay on top of their grades. Right. Absolutely. So coach, what's your, you know, when you're talking about your ideal student athlete, what are you looking for? I know you mentioned a few things, but kind of crystallize that a little bit more. When you're looking at a student, you know, who, what are you looking for in, in a student? Well, well, you asked me what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a 4-0 student who shoots 65 every time. <laughs> if, if I could that is your that ideal. Guy, <laughs> if I could find that guy, um, I'm looking for somebody who I don't have to worry about their academics. Mm -hmm. I don't need them to be a 4-0 student. I just need them to be, you know, a 3-0 a, a student. I just need them to be a B student. Just give it the effort that mm -hmm. it takes to mm -hmm. be a B student. Because, you know, but I, I, I get a lot of guys who are 3-8, 4-0 students who, who take a lot of pride in their academics. Um, you know, I want a guy who, again, gets along with everybody, who's not a, who's not a problem. You know, I, I want a guy who doesn't necessarily run home to mom and dad every time something comes up. I tell all our guys, look, mom and dad sent you to college. Mm -hmm. They want you to figure this out. Let me 
help you figure it out. Don't right. go to them with every problem. Right. Um, right. So I want the guy who's willing to do that come and, and, and talk to us. And, and inevitably, there's always going to be issues. There's going to be problems that come up and you just handle them. Um, and then you want a guy who is very competitive on the golf course. He, I like golf junkies. I want the guy. So, so, so to give you an idea of what I mean by that, the NCAA regulates in season, you can only have them practice 20 hours a week. That mm -hmm. includes playing. So if we go out, so let's just say on a given week, we play four rounds of golf to qualify. Well, we have to average four hours around. That's 16 hours. We work out three days a week. There's another hour. So now we're at 19. Um, and we may have one hour of just short game practice. Um, that's all I can schedule them for. Mm -hmm. But to be really good, you know, a guy's got to be willing to come out here and do that on his own. So even if I don't schedule anything, the guys come out here to the range in the putting green and they're going to hit balls or go play. Like today was a day off. Five of them are out playing golf already today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So so they're golf junkies. They're, they love it. That's all they mm -hmm. want to do. And I like getting those guys. Mm -hmm. right? As a coach, what was you, is your biggest challenge? Um, you know, as a coach, you know, you, you have so many hats, obviously, administrative, coaching, mentoring, uh, you know, just being it all. What's your biggest challenge? My, my worst part of my job is having to pick a lineup to go to a tournament. And not necessarily pick a lineup, but I play for it. But eventually, you know, we play for our spots. But eventually, as we get near the end of the year, I take all the stats and I've got all the, the information that I know who my best five guys are at that time. And I've got to make that decision. So when, when you don't pick that sixth or seventh or eighth guy, that becomes, that becomes pretty hard. It's, it's kind of heartbreaking sometimes. Um, so I hate that part of the job, but it's, but it's what comes with it. Whereas other sports, if you're the basketball coach, you can always get that last guy in there for a couple of minutes to clean right. up at the, at the end or, mm -hmm. or if you're football and you got a big lead, go ahead and throw, throw Rudy out there in the old Notre Dame game and <laughs> let him get in a couple of minutes. But in our, in our sport, when we leave for a tournament, the five guys are in the van and the other five are back here on the range watching us right. leave. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Now, Everybody who comes to your school to play golf, do they all have the, the ultimate goal of being a pro? And if not, what are some of the other uh, careers that they move into? And well, I think they all come here with aspirations of, of hoping that that will be okay. the road that, that leads them to. And yeah. we're been, we've been very fortunate because we have more than anybody in my time of coaching than anybody else has had. But that's still a very, very low percentage of the overall group of players. Right. So um, they go off into all kinds of things. Um, you know, I've got one of the guys off my national championship team who works with doctors. He sells joints and hips and bones and stuff. And <laughs> he's in operating rooms with them when uh, when they're doing those type of things. Um, Helps them, with their, helps them with their swing, I guess, too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. The, the doctors love it when the golfers uh, come in there. Yeah, I got another guy who is running a, uh, like, a huge resort uh, IMI business where they, they do high-end properties all over the world. Um, all right. 
uh, banker. I got bankers. I got guys who started on business. I got big execs at uh, Chick-fil-A. I, I got guys who started their own businesses. Um, pretty impressive group of young men is what, I, is what it really boils down to. It sounds like it. You must be very proud. Yeah. I, I am very proud. And I'm just as proud of all those guys, too, because golf, you know, golf can be a really lonely existence on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And, you know, it's not for everybody. Some of the, some of even my better players still aren't, pl aren't playing anymore because it just wasn't what they were cut out for. And mm -hmm. I think that's what you go to college is to try to figure mm -hmm. out what it is you like to do and, right. and, if that, and if that's for you. Right. Well, that's the first thing we do when we speak to uh, you know, our, our clients is to give them an assessment test. To see exactly what is the best career right. for them but you know that's we're going off subject here but it's so true that you know you, you want to find what's going to make you happy and successful and also making money uh, you know which is not always the first thing you need but you want to be happy in your job for sure Absolutely. but uh before we close here um is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to speak on and also let us know what is the best way for someone to reach you if they want to reach out to you even though you get you get a hundred emails every day, but, yeah, know, yeah. Don't, I don't need any more. Um, uh, now I think I think you guys have kind of touched on pretty much everything. Everything that kind of goes on in college golf, um, you know. I do. I would say this. I think I think having been in it this long, a lot of kids make the wrong decisions on where to go sometimes because. And this would be the one piece of advice I'd like to give them all is you might get three schools that really want you to play. And one of those schools really might be the one that you really want to go to, but they may be offering you the lowest scholarship. Right. You know, the one that is your least desirable might be giving you the biggest scholarship. And I've seen way too many kids sometimes influenced by the parents to go where the scholarship money is, and then they end up transferring. I've had, I bet you I've had at least five or six kids transfer here for no scholarship or very little scholarship after signing big scholarships elsewhere. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the web you kind of get caught in because again, if it was a full ride for everybody, like a headcount sport, their decision would be easy. Right. But when you start, you start mixing in money, and, and the cost of education has gone up quite significantly since mm -hmm. I started 26 years ago. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it becomes a, uh, a business decision sometimes with the parents. Well, well, I have to ask you for your email or your website because <laughs> people are listening to this and they want to know. Yeah. Well, my email is chack, so Chris Hack, chack, H-A-A-C-K, at sports dot uga dot edu and on the website you can go on and read about us on uh, georgia dogs i believe it's d-o-w-g-s no d-o just d-o-g-s georgia dogs.com <laughs> navigate our sport in there uh somehow some way very good appreciate that yes and, and, I, and I really want to thank you uh coach Absolutely. for spending this 30 minutes with us it's uh been very enlightening for for me and i'm sure anybody that's listening to this because you know you know, we always think about football basketball mm -hmm. all these big sports and we don't think about the individual sport of golf 
and yeah. you know, and how to how to how to do it and how to get into the best school for it. So thank you very much. Hey, what, one other thing, one other just quick thing is that um, a lot of these colleges and programs also do summer camps where right. the coaches work the camps like we do. I just actually just got a, an email from a young man from Ohio who wants me to recruit him, but he said, Hey, I'm coming to your summer camp in June. And literally I have found, I've got uh, two, two players that play on the PJ tour. Now, Russell Henley and, and Harris English that came to camp as 10 and 11 year olds. Um, but I've had probably seven or eight guys actually play for me that came to camp. And so, yeah, just, and that's just Chris hack golfcamp.com. You just, just Perfect. look at my name in golf camp. It'll uh, lead you to our website. But those, those are filling up quick. I think we already have uh, over 100 kids signed up. Um, so if anybody's interested, it's a good way to come spend the summer. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And get to know you. Yeah. You know, and and know that's, that's and always see, important. Well, and you get to see the facilities. You get to look, understand how we, how we operate, how we mm -hmm. play, how we, how, where we practice. We teach them all the same thing. And I hire... I think it's eight or nine different coaches at different levels who also get to see all those kids. Good, good. So it's a great place to network, great yeah. place to learn, and just to see if, if uh, this is a right culture and, uh, you know, for you, you have, it has to be a good fit. You know, that's they come down important. here and they find out if they like grits or they like fried chicken <laughs> or ribs. Um, you know, they, they, can, they can find out real quick that the South has got some good food. Absolutely. Yes, yes. My daughter went to Texas and loves Southern grits. And what's the other mm -hmm. one? The other uh, barbecue and barbecue and all the other great stuff that you great guys have down there. eating out in Austin, Texas. Biscuits. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Biscuits Biscuit and gravy. Gravy. <laughs> yeah. I've had plenty. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Coach, for being with us. Uh, you know, we as always, Tom and I always learn a lot, and mm -hmm. and I want to thank you so much for taking your time and coming in and speaking to our parents because you know this is a very important subject to them Absolutely. you know so thank you very much again and i'm maria geffers and i am tom geffers and we'll see you at the next podcast thank you all right thank you